הרמב״ם הלכות ברכות פרק שביעי הלכה א'. This chapter, as we mentioned in the last chapter, is going to talk about the laws of etiquette, Jewish etiquette during, during a meal. הלכה א', מנהגות רבות נהרו חכמי ישראל בסעודה, וכולן דרך ארץ הן, ואלו הן. There are several traditions, several practices that Hachamim established to, to, be, to be practiced during a meal, and all of them are what's called the Eretz, they are part of being a cultured and educated Jew, and these are them. כשנכנסים לסעודה, גדול שבכולן נוטל ידת תחילה, ואחר כך נכנסים ויושבים מסובים. When people come to join and have a meal together, the the one who is most honorable the, the one who, who is owed most respect from all the ones who are joining for this meal is supposed to be the first one to wash his hands and then after he has done so everyone else comes and joins and they sit around the table together and by the way all of these rules were set in the context of the greco-roman kind of meal, a symposium-styled meal, like we have in the Seder of Pesach. So people would sit um, more in a reclined kind of way on beds, and that's the only way to understand this halacha. So this kadol, the, the one who is the most respectable one, he, he reclines at the head of the table. The one who follows him in respect, in hierarchy, should go under him. Now, if you have three beds, you can understand that there is a problem of geometry here because they, they kind of form either a triangle or a shape of a cuff, like a, an open rectangle. So if there were three beds on which these people were reclining, then the centerpiece, the one at the center, if you have a head shape, so the top part, that top bed is the one for the most honorable one. And then Shanilo Lemala Mimenu, the second one goes um, on the side of his head, that's Lemala Mimenu, and Ushlishilo Lemata Mimenu, and the third one would go on the side of this first person's feet. Halachabet. Baalabait Mavarecha Mosilechem, Umashlima Berachem, Vehalkach Boseya. And as they start the meal, the Baalabait, the one who is the host, the, the, the owner of the house, he says Hamosilehem, he finishes the Beracha, and after he finishes the Beracha, he, he goes and breaks the bread, breaks bread with everyone else. However, any guest, any traveler that happens to be at that gathering is the one who is honored with Birkat Hamazon. So he has the chance to also say the Birkat Baalabait, which is added at the end of Birkat Hamazon after Hatov Hametiv. And if all of them were the owners of that house or of several houses, sometimes uh, perhaps within the same neighborhood, the same avoy, then we revert back to the original hierarchy and the same person who does Hamosi also does Bikat Hamazon. It's not appropriate for the one who is saying Hamosi uh, to break bread until everyone has in front of them salt 
and whatever else that they are going to use to eat with the bread, that accompaniment, accompaniment to eat with the bread. Unless the intention is for them to eat bread alone without anything else. And a person should not, when he breaks bread, he should not break pieces that are smaller than kazait because that would look like he's stingy, nor pieces that are much bigger than a besa, which is a little more than three times a zait, because he looks like he's a glutton. However, on Shabbat, uh, we, we have an added level of abundance and uh, we eat much more by, by, by the nature of Shabbat and therefore it's okay to serve uh, larger pieces uh, than kabesa. And he should try to find a piece on the bread to, to break from and to give to others where... Uh, the, the bread is not raw inside, but rather it's very uh, tasty and ready to eat. <clears throat> the ideal way, the most appropriate, the most respectable way to, to share bread is to start with a bread that is whole, to start from an entire loaf of bread. However, if he has two kinds of bread, he has of barley and of wheat, of wheat is of a much higher quality. So if he has one of barley that is an entire loaf and he has one of wheat, but that's already sliced into pieces, into slices, then he should actually take both of them and take uh, the, the one of the se'orim, the one of barley that is whole, take that one on top and put under it the one that's sliced of hitin. And then he, when he breaks bread and gives to everyone, he gives from both of them. So that he ends up giving to everyone from the one whose quality is better, the one of hitin, of wheat, and also from the one whose appearance is better, the one of se'orim that is whole. On Shabbat and Yom Tov, this actually becomes an obligation, and a person must find two entire loaves of bread on which to begin the meal. And he has to lift both of them at the same time and break only one of them. The one who breaks the bread and gives to everyone, the one who is saying Hamosi, he should not give it to people's hand, on people's hand, but rather he should cut the piece of, slice the piece of the bread or cut the piece of the bread, however he wants to break it, and then put it in front of every person that's going to receive this bread. And then they in turn reach and grab that piece of bread with their own hands. And the only circumstance under which you give it on the hands of someone is if that person is avel, if that person is in mourning, because the the whole meaning would be that that person doesn't even want to eat, and you have to feed them, you have to put it in their hands to encourage them to eat something, given that the last thing in their mind right now is food. 
והבוסע הוא שפושט ידו תחילה ואוכל, and after everyone has their piece of bread in front of them, the one who is בוסע, the one who did, does המוסי לחם מן הארץ, he's the one who should eat first, ואין המסובין רשאים לטעום עד שיטעום המברך, and the other participants are not entitled to taste even from the bread until the one who said the ברכה does so first. ואין הבוסע רשאי לטעום עד שיכלה אמן מפי רוב המסובים, and the one who cut the bread should not uh, also try the bread until everyone or most people have finished saying אמן. ואם רצה הבוסע לחלוק כבוד לרבו, או למי שהוא גדול ממנו בחוכמה ויניחנו לפשוט ידו קודם לו, הרשות בידו. However, if the one who is saying המוסי, for example, if that's the Baal Abayit, if that's the owner of the house, if he wants to honor somebody else, for example, his rabbi or his hacham or somebody who is greater than him in wisdom, and to let that person be the first one to begin eating, then that's fine, that's permissible and appropriate within the rules of etiquette of this chapter. שניים ממתינים זה לזה בקערה, שלושה אין ממתינים. This is now the, the rules of how to behave when the food arrives. So the food arrives on a קערה, and the קערה is something from which everyone takes at the same time. As we mentioned in the last chapter, back in the day people didn't use forks and knives. Mostly they used their hands, and sometimes they held... on one hand a knife. So with the knife they'd cut things from the ka'ara and then they'd grab them with their hand and eat it directly with their hand. So obviously instinct would have it, I hope, that if there is a ka'ara that comes for uh, more than one person to eat from, it will be appropriate to wait until everyone is ready to eat. So indeed, but there is a rule to it. Hachamim said if there is two people and the ka'ara comes to be shared between two people, then one should wait for the other. However, if there is, there is two people already there, and a third one is not ready yet, then the two can begin eating from the ka'ara without waiting for the third one. שלושה אין ממתינים. גם אלו מהם שניים, השלישים מפסיק אימהם. If two of them finished eating, they are done taking from the ka'ara, and the shamash comes to take it all out, or a waiter comes to take it out, then the third one should also, at that time, stop taking from the ka'ara. Gamar echad mehem, hashenaim en mafsikin lo. However, if one finished, then the other two should not stop eating just for the sake of that one of them that, that, that stopped. Ela ochlim veholchin ajigomlin. Rather, the other two can continue eating until they are done. En masichin basauda, one may not converse, have conversations during the sauda, during the meal while they are eating so that it doesn't bring a situation of uh, an actual health hazard. Um, they used to be very sensitive about it back then in, in the times of the Gemara, of people eating in the middle of eating, uh, talking and thereby causing their their windpipe to, to get mixed up with their, with their, uh, uh, the, the esophagus and, and, uh, and shalom to, to stop breathing. So because of that, Hachamim said, one should not engage in conversation while you are eating. And because of this, if uh, wine comes to them during the meal, 
כל אחד ואחד מברך לעצמו. Every person should say their own ברכה. Although we said that for wine it's appropriate for one person to say ברכה for everyone, if the wine is coming in the middle of the סעודה, while everyone is eating, then this can actually be dangerous and we actually want every person to say their own ברכה. And by the way, לעצמו, they should say ברכה not allowed, not out loud to cause, to trigger the amen by others. We actually want people to not answer amen. שאם ברך אחד, because if one were to say ברכה for everyone, יענה העונה אמן בשעת הבליעה ויבוא ידי סכנה, then someone might be in the middle of swallowing and then instinctively try to say אמן and endanger himself. ואין מסתכלים בפני האוכל ולא במנתו שלא לביישו. בפני האוכל, sorry. And one should not look at the face, face stare at someone who is eating while he is eating, nor at what he is eating, at the food, because this is embarrassing to the person who is eating. Uh, a couple of points about this. Number one, this is applicable halakha lemaaseh, and Shulchan Aruch has the same halakha. While other people are eating around you, you should not say a beracha out loud to trigger their amen. Again, once, while other people are eating around you, you are sitting with friends around the table and everyone is eating something, then it's common, everyone uh, maybe trying to be more religious or, or whatnot to try to, because they heard that amen is a great thing, they want to give the zechut to everyone to say amen, they say a beracha out loud so everyone gets the zechut of saying amen. This actually is against the halakha and against this explicit mishnah, and a person should not say a beracha out loud while other people are eating, because you don't want to cause an amen while others are eating. We care much more about their potential uh, risk, the potential risk that saying amen while swallowing could impose than saying the amen. That's point number one. Point number two, Harambam believed, and he says this in, in Moreh HaNebuchim, that the more a function, a human function, is the same as animals, the more we should be embarrassed of it, and the more we naturally are, are embarrassed of it. So obviously, um, cohabitation is an example. Another example is uh, um, relieving oneself, defecating, urinating, all of those things. Naturally, human beings have the tendency, they are pre-wired to try to hide themselves while they do that. A little bit above that, but not all the way above that is eating. Eating is also something that uh, we said in Lichot De'ot that Amir HaChamim should not do in public. It's something that we should feel a little bit ashamed of, which is why this halacha makes so much sense that you don't want to look at someone to stare at someone while he's eating because you're embarrassing him. It's something that we are doing because we have to do and it developed into being something a little more social, but nevertheless, it is something that human beings naturally are, are embarrassed of, which is why you don't have to bring it up front and make it very obvious that the person is eating. The waiter, the shamash that is standing and serving the ones who are around the table, mesubin, does not eat with them. However, it's part of the Jewish trait of compassion to share, to make sure that the waiter ends up trying from each and every 
piece of food each and every dish that, that he's serving so that he he doesn't uh, get too anxious about uh, what that dish might taste like without knowing and if they are sharing with him wine, so imagine, by the way, imagine how beautiful it will be, what a Kiddush Hashem, if when someone, uh, someone at a restaurant, a waiter, comes to serve you a very expensive wine, you also let them have a little bit of that. So maybe it's not as appropriate today in today's uh, society, but back in the day, it was not only appropriate, but also desirable. And... The halacha vis-à-vis the waiter is that he has to say a beracha of hagefen every time he tries from every wine, as opposed to people who are sitting down in that seuda, because those who are sitting down at the seuda are sort of expecting to have various kinds of wine, but this uh, shamash cannot really expect anything because he understands he's not entitled to anything, but but it's just uh, they're doing him they're doing him a solid and, and sharing with him. If one of the ones who was sitting down and, and sharing the, this meal has to go to the bathroom for, let's call it colloquially, number one, then before coming back, he has to have of at least one hand, and only then he can come back. However, if while he was outside, he had a sehadat. He he started. He engaged in a conversation with someone he met outside the bathroom. Then, not because of going to the bathroom, but because he took his mind off his hands and off the seuda for a sufficient period of time. Then he must wash both of his hands. However, if what they were doing was strictly a gathering for drinking and not for eating then he need not wash his hands before sitting down he can sit down and then wash his hands only after he washes his hands he can actively join back and face everyone and really become part again of the group and actually the reason why we want him to first sit down and then wash his hands is because we want everyone to understand that this guy actually washed his hands after going to the bathroom. Because if he's coming to eat bread, everyone knows that he won't eat bread without washing his hands first. So nobody's suspecting him of not washing his hands. Whereas if he's coming to just drink, he doesn't have the requirement of washing his hands for drinking. So just to make it clear to everyone that he is washing his hands, he does that in front of them. Halachatet. Uh, now, some other rules that have to do with what is uh, yaki, what, what, is, what is disgusting and what is not. So one thing that Hachamim warned against doing is putting raw meat on a piece of bread because the bread then becomes disgusting with all the, the things that come from the raw meat. Likewise, we if there is a cup that is filled to the top with wine, you should not pass it over on top of the bread, because again, it can drip, which will ruin the, the bread. Likewise, 
foods that don't have any hard shell, foods that are very, that dissolve very easily, that if they were to fall on top of the bread, they'd dirty it. Like for example, all kinds of berries and grapes <clears throat> and figs, all of which if they fall on top of the bread, they leave some traces. However, it's permissible to, they used to do this back in the day, they used to drink so much wine in Bet Hatanim, in the house where the Hatan dwells and where they do all the parties of the seven days, to actually have, it must have been very interesting, they had some kind of canals, some channels, some pipes filled with wine, and the wine would flow literally and everyone would take from there, which apparently was very messy. So although it's very messy, it's permissible to do so in Bet Hatanim. It's also permissible to throw in front of them all kinds of nuts and of uh, baked uh, grains, that's Kelayot, during the summer months, but not during rain months, because if it, ra if it rains, and any of these things remains on the floor, those are going to 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 become uh, to, to dissolve in the water <coughs> and be a nuisance for everyone else. However, uh, one may not wash his hands with wine, whether this is a pure wine or wine mixed with water. Likewise, it's not permissible to destroy any other kind of food or drinks in a, in a, in a way that's very disrespectful. Now for you to understand the sensitivity Hachamim had, they understood that Jews are machnisei orchim, and they are going to try to serve even what they don't have. So what can happen sometimes is, uh, let's say Shimon is hosting Levi, and uh, Shimon's little children are running around. So Levi takes the food that Shimon is serving for him and shares it with Shimon's little children. That's not appropriate. That's not something you should do because maybe Shimon didn't prepare enough to also share with his own children. He's giving uh, Levi everything he has and if uh, the food finishes because the children had from it he's going to be embarrassed now Hachamim knew that sometimes uh, you know they they used to recycle everything they never threw anything out so you have a havit you have a container and let's say you use it first for oil if you reuse it for wine what's going to happen is the oil is going to float and what you'll see on top is oil so Hachamim said we want you to always be careful to never have any container that's filled with wine having any layer of oil on top because if people get used to having containers of wine the top of which looks like oil then they may come to think that anything they see oil on top has wine under, and what's going to happen is they're going to have guests, they're going to bring out 
this container with what they think is wine because they saw that oil on top, but in reality is entirely oil. And imagine the embarrassment of serving very respectful guests a little bit of oil in their cup when they think is wine. And likewise, anything that could cause embarrassment to a host is something that is forbidden. After you finish eating, the first thing you do is you remove the table, literally remove the table. Tables back in the day were sort of like trays with legs. So you remove that and then you clean the place where people ate. And after the place is clean, people wash their hands for my Maharonim. Why do we do that? Because we don't want for there to remain pieces of bread on the floor that are more than kazait, which is forbidden to ruin, to actively ruin. So if you have pieces that are larger than kazait on the floor and then you did my, my maharnim, the fact, the act of doing my maharnim can cause some water to spill over on those pieces of bread and ruin them, which is something we want to avoid. So we first clean, and only after the floor is clean, we do my maharonim. However, if there is any pieces of bread that don't have a, an amount of kazait, then those are permitted to destroy actively. You, you can destroy them doing my maharonim or any other way. Hachamim only cared about pieces of bread that have more than zait size. Halachayot bet. If my maharanim is coming to the table, then the same person who did, who, who, is, who is going to say Birkat Hamazon, he's the person who should wash his hands first for my maharanim, so that uh, he, he shouldn't be sitting there with his hand dirty waiting for somebody else. And everyone else just follows after him, one after the other. And after the first one washes hands, there is no longer any hierarchy. It doesn't matter the order in which people wash their hands. Because we have a rule, Hachamim said, there is no honor in giving, in giving precedence in, 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 in terms of, with respect to dirty hands, nor in rights of way, you don't have to, to let someone pass before you, nor on tolls, you don't have to, if you have your rabbi driving next to you, about to cross the bridge, you don't have to let the rabbi pass in front of you to, to pay the toll first. The only time in which you give precedence to someone to come in as a form of honor and respect is when you're walking in through a door that that has a mezuzah, that that deserves having a mezuzah, whether it has or not, and only on the way in, not on the way out. 
גמלו לטול ידיהם, ונגבו ידיהן, וברכו ברכת המזון, והביאו את המוגמר. הגדול שבירך ברכת המזון, הוא מברך על המוגמר, וכולן עונין אמן. After they did מים אחרונים, they dried their hands, and they did ברכת המזון, and then they proceed to bring some incense, this used to be customary to engage even another one of the five senses, after they ate, they would bring some kind of, kind of an incense and smell it. So the same person who said Birkat HaMazon is the one who says Besamim or whatever other Biracha for that, and everyone answers Amen. Halacha Yodalit. Im hayasham yayin, mevi'in kos mahazik revi'it o yadra revi'it, umbi'in min besamim, ochezet hayayin bimino, ואת הבשמים בשמאלו, ומברך ברכת המזון, ואחר כך מברך על היין, ואחר כך מברך על הבושם. If there was any wine that was supposed to be served after ברכת המזון, so this is the proper order to serve it. The person who is about to do ברכת המזון, grab, grabs a cup that can contain רביעית, which we said is just under three ounces, or more than that, and then he also takes any kind of, uh, of herb or any other form of perfume that smells good, and he holds the wine on his right, he holds the besamim on his left. Then he says, Birkat Amazon, hold, holding these two things. Query, where does he hold the sidur with? Probably they didn't hold sidurim back then. They knew Birkat Amazon by heart. It's not something very hard to know by heart. And then... After he says Hagefen on the wine, sorry, he first says Birkat Amazon, then he says Hagefen, and then he says Borem in Abesamim. Im hayu Abesamim shemen arev v'chayotzebo, if the Besamim were of the kind, like some perfume of something that people actually use on themselves, Taho Berosh HaShamash, after he smells it and he said the Beracha, he can give it, or he can apply it on the head of the waiter, of the Shamash, However, if the Shamash is a Tamil Hachamim, and we said in Lechot De'ot that Tamil Hachamim should not go out to the street smelling like perfume, then he should not give it to the Shamash, but should rather put it on the wall, to avoid, to prevent the Tamil Hachamim to go out to the street smelling like perfume. That's the of this chapter. אף על פי שאם ברכת המזון טעונה יין, אם ברך על היין כמנהג שאמרנו, צריך שידיח הכוס של הברכה מבפנים, וישטוף אותו מבחוץ, ומלאנו יין חי. Although ברכת המזון does not need to be said, is not required to be said on wine, unlike kiddush, for example, that we require to say it on wine, ברכת המזון doesn't require it. If a person, however, is saying it over wine, then there is a proper etiquette for that. And the cup needs to be washed from inside and from outside, and then it needs to be filled with pure wine, not with very diluted wine. And only after the person reaches Birkat al Haares Amazon, the end of the first Biracha, then only then he proceeds to add some water to make it. More pleasant to be drunk. 
And while the person is holding the cup of wine and saying Birkat Amazon over it, nobody should be talking, rather everyone should remain silent until the Birkat Amazon is finished and Birkat HaGefen is finished and the person finishes drinking that wine and only after then everyone can proceed to drink their own wine as well. And with this we finish the seventh chapter of Ilchot Berachot.